0: A member of the Kardashians publicly thanks doctors for saving the life of her baby while still in the womb. On the other end of the spectrum, there's growing concern about aging national leaders who appear disoriented. Plus, we dissect the ongoing pop culture phenomenon of Richmond, north of Richmond. And we bring you the latest in the battle against abortion tourism in Virginia. There's a lot to cover today, so stay with us. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, welcome, everybody. You might notice that we have a bit of a different setup today. And that is because at Family Foundation today, we are having what might be known as. A very bad, no good, horrible day. Everybody's terrible, horrible. This. <laughs> our internet went out, therefore, our television backdrop doesn't work. Um, Victoria, you had to turn around and get your husband's sports coat or something. Yeah, he like
1: never forgets anything, and I had to run home to grab something for him to be helpful.
0: So, yeah, it's just that kind of learning. It's, it's just off in a million ways. You know, just some other first world problems. I broke in now, I have a tight stain. Victoria's computer <laughs> just fell down. <laughs> it's just that kind of day so bear with us because we don't know how this is gonna go today (laughs) Um, but we're gonna start off uh, in addition to that disclaimer we're gonna share another little light story to kind of have some fun getting started here before we dive into all these really deep topics And that is, I just had to share this video that went viral of this wonderful farmer guy. I assume he's a farmer. He lives out in Nebraska. And he's driving down this highway in Norfolk, Nebraska, with a huge bull in his car. Did you happen to see this video? I did. And I actually just saw an image of it somewhere first.
1: And I I literally didn't know what I was looking at. And I actually thought it was fake. And then I, like, clicked the video. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's an actual full-blown bull inside a vehicle. Yeah.
0: And when we're saying full blown bull. The horns. The long horns. The horns hanging out. Yeah they of look like the they could stop someone. So uh, before we go any further we'll just play a little clip so you can see for yourself if you're watching on YouTube and and hear it uh, with the audio. Police Division responded to a call of a man driving eastbound on 275 with a Watusi bull in his passenger seat.
1: Uh, well uh, the officers received a call. He- you know like a calf, something smaller, something that actually fit inside the vehicle. And the vehicle was big enough, well technically. As a result the the officer performed a traffic stop and addressed some traffic violations that were occurring uh, with that particular uh, situation.
0: Did you notice in the video when they talked about certain traffic violations, did you also notice there's a little bit of a mess on the back of the car? I didn't notice that, but I just noticed that the police officers
1: were able to keep their, like, composure. I could not have kept my composure if I saw that driving down the road and I had to actually stop to handle it like i couldn't have been serious okay
0: that was one of my favorite parts about this whole story because there's this really precious backdrop to this whole story if you take the time to read about it but one of my favorite parts was the police said they got a call from someone there's a guy with a cow in his car driving down the road and so they're thinking like a little calf or something and the police says i i just thought this was funny um, you know, when he, when they get there and they see what it's really about, he says, quote, we didn't have a full understanding of it <laughs> until we saw it. And I just thought, well, that's the understatement yeah.
1: of the year. Well, and also just, I mean, it turns out the guy had his car modified, yeah. like actually cut yeah. to make room for this bull. This was not like a last minute, I don't know, bull had to go to the emergency vet or something right, right. like this was pre planned And like, yeah.
0: Half the windshield. I don't even half understand. Like his roof cut out. Yeah, it has got a gate on a cattle gate on the passenger side. This is actually pretty innovative. So here's
1: a stereotype. I just thought everybody in Nebraska owned a truck. I don't understand why he doesn't have a truck if he has a bull. Like how do you like? Don't they go together? Well, is that not
0: a thing? So if you read the back the backstory, <laughs> this bull's name is Howdy Duty. Yes. He and his owner Lee Meyer are best friends. Which is
1: they cute. They're best ish. friends. They want to never... ride
0: around together, Victoria. I, I mean, <laughs> sure. Um, it's, and It's like the dog in the car with the... Well, see, and I've seen like things... It's like Tiger
1: King. It's like what? <laughs> it's like Tiger King. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I've seen people ride around with dogs in the front seat and actually been very worried, even if they've been manageable sizes, because when in the front seat, they're affecting your driving. Like you're right there. They should be, in yeah. my opinion, they should be behind you. And I love yeah. my dog and we do go a lot of places. But it's also to me a lot more normal to ride around with your dog than your bull.
0: But you don't live in Nebraska. I don't you know, know, live in Nebraska, Nebraska, Nebraska. Maybe people
1: think that's normal out there, but obviously they didn't because they called the police. So they well, knew that was not
0: yeah. for sure candy um, is it normal in texas though oh yeah you're well, a texas girl i almost <laughs> wanted to play a clip for today which we didn't have time for that right before i moved here we did have a bull escape in the um colorado springs convention center like he's he's ready and everyone's trying to get out of the way so maybe we can share that later a <laughs> different episode but yeah it does maybe not riding around the car but things happen i guess his wife was really sweet about the whole thing like yeah. i guess like the story's kind of Cute,
1: I guess I mean yeah
0: so that was my other favorite part so she did a radio interview and her comments were just precious during this <laughs> radio interview because she says you know well I didn't think it was a great idea that he ride around that's also the <laughs> understatement of the year it goes yeah. with the, hey we're seeing a cow drive that down is the road. such
1: a wife thing to <laughs>
0: say <laughs> I like that she's supportive like it's no, not the yeah. best idea but yeah I'm letting my husband do his thing Um, And then, so what she said was, the amount of money that he has spent on this whole darn project, this is a direct quote, (laughs) between the car and the bull, I could have had a brand new kitchen. (laughs) I also was thinking you could have had a truck where you could pull
1: a bull in a carrier, (laughs) like, if you're spending the money anyway, Uh, but I guess he really,
0: like, wants... To be with his bull while he drives—is that the issue? Yeah, I mean, so I think he probably originally did this because they do these parades where he lives out in the country, and they they are very famous, right? Like he's he's kind kind of like a local legend. They're like the feature. Um, I think the mistake here was driving on open road, real (laughs) on real roads where people can actually see you, and it looks crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that that's the fun story for today. And I guess I'll just jump right into the serious okay. stuff now. Just, You know, I will say this. Um, it does make me feel like this is part of being an American. <laughs> it feels very... I mean, Americans do this kind of stuff. <laughs> we're innovative. <laughs> yeah, we're entrepreneurial. It doesn't happen in North Korea. We create or China our own for... cars for bulls. Yeah. I mean, maybe it'll be a trend. Maybe,
1: maybe he'll. I just gotta imagine that the bulls hanging out though made the width of the car almost wider than a you know the the ear. Like if you were pulling up on an actual traffic situation, I felt like the the horns. <laughs> Sorry. I know we gotta get this serious. All right, we're okay. moving on. We there really was are. a guy.
0: There was a guy that said he pulled up. And he, and he thought, this isn't real. Yeah. And then he looked over, and the bull moved his head and <laughs> stared can, you at him. You could have an
1: accident actually just looking. Like, that's like a hazard, like a traffic, um, what do you call it? You know, like when you gaze at a
0: yeah. an accident or something, yeah. and then you cause another accident? Yeah. Like, what do they call it ne- necking? Yeah, bottle. No, that, no, no. Like, bottle rub, necky. Rub, that rub, Rubber all right, necky. we got to move on. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> all, all right. All. So... <clears throat> Out of that, I guess the weird kind of segue was being American. So let's talk about U.S. Congress. How's that for a stretch? <laughs> so um, they are starting back up again after their summer recess. And with them starting up again, you've probably heard all of this talk about our elderly leadership, to put it a kind way. Not only do we have Biden wandering off and being confused about where he's going numerous times, and just to mention a few issues um you know we've got senators senator feinstein um, there's there's pelosi but now we have this episode with senate minority leader mitch mcconnell and it is painful to watch but it is also generating i think some necessary conversation on how the nation is handling all of this so let's just watch this clip really quick another troubling incident for mitch mcconnell
1: what are your thoughts on running from-
0: what are my thoughts about what? Running for
1: re-election
0: in 2026. Oh. <laughs> that's good. Uh, then the 81-year-old Senate minority leader stood silent. An aide steps in. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026?
1: Yes. Still, just a blank
0: expression. All right, I'm sorry, you all, we're gonna need a minute. Senator. Benny. Yep. Uh, so, Victoria, a lot of Republicans have been making comments, you know, deservedly so in a lot of cases, about concerns with President Biden. Um, But the problem is now that we have this occurrence, I guess the second occurrence with Mitch McConnell freezing up like this, now a lot of those on the left, Democrats, they're saying, okay, Republicans just lost all credibility with being able to comment on Biden unless they're going to address what's happening with Mitch McConnell. So what's your take on all of this? I think that's fair. We have age ageism,
1: age issues, we'll just say on both sides of the aisle. I noticed that some of the Republicans were really mostly focused on the fact that he had had a concussion. So we were just talking about like, this was a concussion result versus a straight age issue. We will never know as the public unless we see it continue to unfold. Um, But it's still concerning if someone's had a concussion Enough that they can just kind of wipe out, you know, blank out and just kind of go, you know, so that's obviously you're, we're not in a, a good place there. But age is an issue on both sides of the aisle. And I noticed um, Senator Mitch Romney made this comment. He just basically said, you know, he was asked about it and he said something like, well, you know, yes, there's 30 seconds of, of him taking a minute to compose himself. I forget how he said it. But then he goes, but the other and he names like eight thousand seconds of the day, de- you know, you know, he is sharper than anybody yeah. else here or something, which I thought was a really. Polished, smart response. But again, they need responses. They have to answer to this because it's a problem.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the bigger concern, just the overall problem, is just even with national um, national security in the sense that how do we look on the international stage? If there's concerns about the fragility of our major well, leaders, some I of mean, President you- Biden's have been in places yeah. where he's with
1: other major leaders, where he either has a you know off-stage moment or he trips or you know all those have been. So it is it is a it is a concern I think, and it was funny. A friend of mine uh, teaches a, a class of of students, and they were talking about this. And they were talking about you should be able to give a competency test like there should be a point at which but the problem is the american people wouldn't trust anybody to give a competency test because both parties would so i sat there and thought that is really reflective of where we are that there would be no trust so there's really no way to just check competency
0: for anybody i was wondering how you felt about that because i saw the op-ed from nikki haley calling for the competency test and so i just well, and it's I, not
1: just age. And I mean, if you think about the Pennsylvania senator that ran right after he had a stroke, right. and everybody was deeply concerned about him, so I think there's some validity to saying, if we've had medical issues, concussions, strokes, or we're or we're at a certain age mm-hmm. where there's question marks, yeah. we should
0: be able to. I mean. It matters. It does say something about the general track of our nation with maybe population issues that I won't even go into with the aging of our leadership that maybe we brought up on ourselves, but we won't even go into that. Well, we could have a whole conversation Uh, on term limits, but we won't do
1: that today (laughs) Um, because we know that's hot and controversial, but...
0: Yeah, I think what bothers me most about this whole thing, it does give you the feeling that this is about power at the end of the day, like John Fetterman, like you mentioned... Um, when, and people just staying in power, right. electing they're electing parties, not necessarily individuals, yes. which is concerning. It does start to feel like we got these, maybe we're willing to put puppets in there for the sake of power. And I think that kind of, um, lends into the problem of people not trusting our, our major institutions. So what, how do you get your mind around that? Cause that's what to me, that's what I would struggle with or do struggle with. I think we've been watching that
1: problem for a while. I think it's exacerbated on the federal level. I'm not going to say that we haven't seen it, you know, at state and local, too, where there are just times where somebody has held office for so long. We know they're past their prime. But if they step out, the incumbency is gone. And that incumbency is such a leg up in an election Mm -hmm. that the party wants to hold on to the incumbent because they're nervous they're going to lose a seat. And so it doesn't really matter if they think the person is the best person for the job or the the public. Mm -hmm. And so it it is a major problem, and I, I don't know what the answer is other than, yeah, we get to the point where we trust a competency test or we are, you know, honest about the need for term
0: limits. Um, I mean, I hope we would get back to a principled place where like the person's performance and integrity is more important than having the power. But I, I you do got to wonder if we can get to that place at this point. It's a great question. I am concerned. All yeah. right. Okay, well, we're kind of doing a little bit of hot takes today. So taking a hard left turn here, or maybe it'd be more of a hard right, right turn, turn. Right turn, right <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but I did want to get your take on just this cl- pop culture phenomenon, really, with this Richmond, north of Richmond thing right. going on. I mean, people have been talking about it literally for weeks. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm
1: sure our listeners are totally up to speed on this. But, you know, just to kind of give some background in case somebody missed this, there's this kind of it's kind of amazing what happened. There's this guy who is from Farmville, Virginia. So, um, you know, kind of nearby us really within an hour and um, kind of a rural area. And there's just this he he allowed he's a small town kind of guy. And he basically allowed a a very rough cut um, apparently wasn't even really finished. Of a song to be posted um, that he had that he had written that he was singing, and it went viral basically overnight. I mean, and by viral, you, yeah, I mean really viral. Yeah, millions of people. Millions of people shot straight to the top.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, if you've heard this song and, and seen this video, it is so he does have a raw emotional feel. So maybe it yeah. helped that it was kind of raw because that emotion was in there, and it has kind of a folksy feel to it. Um, it's, it's in a beautiful, rustic setting With trees in the background, you know um, But let's just play, like, three seconds of the song So our listeners can get a feel for what this is all about Of course, you know, we're, we're playing the three seconds That didn't have all the salty language So <laughs> let's let you listen in on this
1: What the world's gotten to For people like me people like you Wish I could just wake up And it not
0: be true but it is. Oh, it is.
1: I mean, I think this song is really interesting because it does. I mean, he addresses everything from inflation to sex trafficking to even the welfare state in kind of a um, controversial way. So he got some
0: pushback on that. Part. Yeah, he
1: did. Um, but I think his comments in this song, his lyrics of this song are resonating with people. And essentially it caused him to do something that no musician has really ever done before, which is that his song went from nowhere, not just to. You know, popularity or on the chart, but literally yeah. from nowhere to number one on yeah. the Billboard chart. And this is the first time an artist has ever gone straight to the top without yeah. any chart history. He has no other songs that right have gone anywhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to think about this guy. He's not on. He wasn't on the radio. His songs not on the radio. It just fr- went from nowhere, literally, like a video that you know people just started passing know about. around on the internet. Yeah, I guess it's, it's really is amazing. Um, but I gotta say. I had a bit of a different reaction to all this because I know a lot of conservatives, podcasters, pundits, they were kind of giving the accolades for this song and celebrating it. But from the beginning, I did feel a little skeptical. And in fact, I did get into a debate with a family member about this Um, because the family member did feel like that it was speaking in an important way to some issues conservatives care about. But to me, I, I just felt like... This was more about venting. Because I, I started thinking, um, do we have any people in our culture right now that are kind of calling us to a, a higher place, inspirational, um, leading us to some, something with some ideals? I really don't see that. And, and I think it's significant that what is getting traction right now, what people are really resonating around is basically a grievance song. And so when I was thinking about it, I don't know. I don't I don't. It seems like a long time since I don't see a Lincoln type of person, even in our political field. It seems like it's all built around grievances. You know, really, I can just think of Reagan maybe giving something, something more idealistic, some principles. But I'm just I'm feeling a little negative about all that right now. I mean, I'm feeling totally negative about the negativity. <laughs> you're
1: negative about the negativity. I mean, it just depends if you feel like music should be aspirational, inspirational, like you're talking about, or reflective of the culture, because certainly we can look at different eras and different kinds of music, and, um, you know, it has vacillated between being inspirational. Typically, when it's inspirational, it's around love. It's not even really about society mm-hmm. inspirations. It's about, you know, a, an inspirational relationship, although lately... <laughs> A lot of that music hasn't been very, even the topic of love hasn't been very um, inspirational in music lately. It's been more um, b- breakup songs, I guess. But, um, but you know, I do think people just it connected. You know, when you think about it, he mentions infl- inflation. When you think about that, that is hitting people so hard right now. I think that they just got right to it. I saw something that said we're spending like something like, and I don't know if this is accurate, but it was saying mm-hmm. we're spending like $709 more a month average family. So people are feeling it. He's then expressing it and, and people came, you know, and kind of went, yeah, this is this is how I'm feeling. But I agree with you. It'd be great yeah. if it'd be great if there was a solution or a hope or a well, something in I'm there.
0: Not, I'm not saying it has to be happy music, but it felt different than maybe some of your deeper protest songs in the past. I mean, even even say the Beatles or things like that. It feels that. hopeless. It just, it all, it's just kind of like I mean, everything's uh, going down.
1: You yeah, know, these it, people in control and we
0: can't stop more like them. It like grumbling to me Yeah, I think it's fair. actual thoughtfulness. I, I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out how to put that. I, but. Think, I
1: think that's fair. I like that he identifies it's coming out of Washington. I mean, I think that's, yeah. you know,
0: the people, the, the, nor- the, rich, the rich people, Richmond. you know, north
1: of Richmond, <laughs> yeah. which is basically, you know, D.C., you know, power elites, which I think is also, you know, there's just not real high marks for Congress right now. There's not real high marks for you know, corporate America and K Street lobbying and all the stuff that. So I think, you know, he's just hitting on a on a very popular theme right now. But I I would agree with you. It would be better if there were music that had um, hope and solutions. And um, and, you know, even if you're picking on the welfare state, instead of picking on kind of how it plays out, let's talk about what we can do to strengthen the family to improve the welfare state. Right. Like, like, wouldn't it be nice to to kind of. Yeah, and, and
0: really not to critique that particular song, but just to, general. N- to notice the general trend of what our entire culture or a big swath of our culture is resonating around, What what they are connecting on. And it's that, and it's and it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, I, that's my pet peeve. You know, yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm not picking on Taylor
1: Swift as a whole. Actually, a lot of her music I happen to enjoy, Shake and my it off. kids, my kids, listen to some of it and enjoy it. And you know, whatever. We didn't do the, the million dollar concert. We couldn't pull that off. That was not my, yeah. my, my money level for um, seeing yeah, somebody in concert. Five, yeah, kind of that wasn't gonna. Yeah, that wasn't gonna happen. Um, but. Um, Her song in particular, that, that anti-hero song, really bothers me. It's super catchy, right? So you're gonna sing along with it. But I mean, she's literally speaking from a voice of depression. It literally talks about when my depression takes the graveyard shift. Yeah. And um, she talks about how she's the, and I, mean, I don't know if she's referring to herself, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the problem. It's me. And she even has a scene where after she's dead, people like you're laughing up at people like, from hell. Like yeah. this person is d- in the storyline is at one point laughing from hell. I'm thinking this is so. And we just have such a problem around depression and mental health he, and yeah. especially with kids. And kids are the ones that are mostly listening yeah. to Taylor Swift. I just thought if I was a kid struggling. And this song about being the anti-hero and everybody basically hating you and you hating yourself is kind of how it comes off to me. Now, I, there's lots of interpretations, but I just sit there and think this is like an anthem for all these mm-hmm. kids that are struggling out there. And I don't like it. I mean, it literally says, you know, I can I can stare straight at the sun, but I won't look in a mirror like I'm like I'm that disgusted. And it calls mm-hmm. themselves an ugly monster. I mean, mm-hmm. those kind of lyrics are just I don't know what it's intended. And I don't listen to all her interviews. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's explained it. I want to give yeah. the past that there may be more to it than what I'm saying. But. I just hear it and I hear this is like a theme song for where our hopeless kids are and it's not good.
0: Yeah, and actually I hear a lot of songs centered around suicide when I flip through my radio in the car and just on um, the pop stations. There are several very popular songs where that's the theme and I guess you kind of get into this chicken and the egg question of are they reflecting or are we feeding or are they feeding? Yeah. So, all right. well. Oh, I didn't. I did want to mention Taylor Swift is worth talking about because apparently she did cause a minor earthquake. Um, <laughs> That's pretty amazing in Seattle. I think it was they had a concert and it actually created some seismic waves with people stopping and getting excited and then as you mentioned her her tickets are like a thousand dollars or something crazy. even for maybe some of the not so good seats well she's so. now selling out um, theaters so she's yeah. gonna let her oh, tour yeah. go in to theaters and it's like
1: setting records of people not even getting to go see her but just go see her concert on a screen so that's a big t- anyway yeah so you know there's something to it but i wish she all would right. be positive all the time
0: well just so we're not totally negative the entire time on pop culture i will throw out a positive news item and actually you alerted me to this and i did think it really was worth mentioning and that is the story coming out from would you believe it the kardashian family it's a good news story from the kardashian family yeah i mean
1: so um we heard uh, that kourtney kardashian and she's she's basically now spoken out about an urgent fetal surgery that had to be done to save the life of her pre-born baby and I'll just um, you know we'll post a picture of, of um, her on Instagram but it she basically put it up and put a quote and it said I will f- be forever grateful to my incredible doctors for saving our baby's life I'm eternal eternally grateful to my husband who rushed to my side from tour to with me in the hospital and then she goes on to say I have a whole new understanding and respect for the mamas who have had to fight for their babies while pregnant And I I just love that. She's calling the baby a baby, which it is. And we haven't heard any – I haven't heard any kickback yet. But it's interesting that that comes out of the celebrity elite who typically believe that a life is only a life once you decide you want it. And it actually enters this world. And so this is, I think, a good sign.
0: I mean, celebrating – women who fight for their babies while still in the womb, that is a very interesting statement. And you do wonder if people will will logically follow where that goes, that it is actually a sacred human life in the womb. It's Um, a big deal. And fetal
1: surgery is happening earlier and earlier. People don't realize how early and what amazing things doctors are doing in the womb. There's actually a pro-life doctor's organization. And the doctor that speaks for that talks about Um, life and protecting human life through the lens of patients' rights. There's two patients. Every time someone's pregnant, there's Mm -hmm. a mom and there's an unborn child. And in this case, we're seeing that so clearly that that patient needed Mm -hmm. surgery and they did it and she's able to talk about it. So I, I hope there's lots of conversation around this.
0: Well, it's that time again Time for our Inconceivable Moments Award. This is where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! All right, well, this week's Inconceivable is gonna be a little bit less on the heavy sarcasm because we have actually a very serious, significant topic. And that is what's going on in the effort to protect life here in Virginia through our Safe Zone for Life initiative. And I guess it's appropriate we're going to talk about life coming out of the whole Kardashian discussion. (laughs) Um, So maybe that's a good segue. But some of you may recall that this Safe Zone for Life movement started by the Family Foundation really took off last year, last fall in Bristol, Virginia, out in southwest Virginia. And kind of the bigger backdrop for this whole thing is that Virginia, you know, ever since Roe v. Wade was overturned with Dobbs, Virginia, interestingly, is now the last state in the South, the last holdout that has basically unlimited abortion, doesn't really have any uh, real restrictions or, you know, something preventing abortions pretty late in, in the term. So meanwhile, we are surrounded by a bunch of Southern states that have put in restrictions that have almost banned abortions. And so that would include like Tennessee, um, Kentucky, West Virginia. And so what you have now is this ugly trend happening that we've been calling abortion tourism where you have people in the abortion industry trying to protect their profits. And so they're moving into Virginia and they're trying to lure people across state lines to continue the abortion industry in a bigger way and, and get all that profit flowing into Virginia. And of course, you know, out in southwest Virginia, there, there's some border areas and, and Bristol, Virginia is one of them. So they've become a real flashpoint in all of it, um, this whole thing. And that's how our Safe Zone for Life movement got started so we had at least 200 people turning out for a safe zone for life rally last fall now tell us where we're at with that now
1: well yeah i mean basically you know we we had mass of people come because an abortion provider, I just kind of give this background, did pick up and move uh, specifically move from Tennessee to there's Bristol, Tennessee, and there's Bristol, Virginia. So moved across the state lines. And this is a pretty famous abortion provider. This is somebody who um, is the abortion provider at the heart of the Dobbs case. And I also have a beef with her because that's the abortion uh, facility a mile from my house. But anyway, so so people really are sensitive to this. So they came out to a huge rally. um, And this was before um, last election, you know, we came out and, and, and we got a unanimous vote from the city council saying that they were willing to move forward with creating um, safe zoning, basically pro-life zoning that would zone out any future abortion clinic. And if this existing clinic wanted to expand, it would prevent that from doing that. So the next step in the process was supposed to be that it goes to the planning commission. And that's kind of when everything turned South. We went from yay yeah. to this is kind of like off the off the cliff dropping. Not and it kind of basically got dropped cold, and it was mostly because they have a county a city attorney that is uh, very opposed to this and seems to be able to um kind of hold things up so we've got a lot of cowardice basically starting to happen
0: yeah and i think we put some images up on the screen for our youtube viewers but i mean when these people packed the city council room they the line was out the door fire marshal but yeah um but i guess you know it was right before an election for these city council members so maybe that played into them listening to the public but it seems things have changed now um i guess the last meeting they had well well let me just say you know, there were a lot of, as you said, it kind of got dropped cold. Delay it's, after yeah. delay after delay. Yeah. But the people of Bristol did not want to let this go. Keep in mind that people out here went 73 percent. Right. For a Yankin. Yeah. They're more socially conservative. they they do not like being an abortion tourism center. They do not want that to happen to their city. Um, so they started collecting petition signatures and they packed out the room again on August 22nd. Just last month, I think they got like 700, 800 signatures from people in Bristol, at least.
1: Yeah, I mean, so this is I mean, this is this is serious momentum that normally would impact your elected officials. And so it's kind of hard to explain what happened. But basically, um, the same people who voted you know, to unanimously agree that they were going to move this forward. Now it comes time to vote and there's silence. So, you know, we basically have one great city council member who um, is trying to move this forward, a guy named Michael Pollard. And so he basically tries to put this on the agenda, which you'd think as a city council member, it wouldn't be that hard to put something on an agenda, but he tries to put it on the agenda. And, um, and, you know, after everybody had kind of not taken action, not taken action. And this is where it it gets crazy. Let's stop there for a minute. He
0: he asked for it to be put on the agenda. And my understanding is, apparently, that request was denied... By (laughs) a bureaucrat, an unelected, I mean, I don't want to be mean, but an unelected person decides whether a city. I was confused whether they were elected or not, but just that they would deny for it even to have a discussion. Yeah. I I don't understand
1: how the elected representative can't get something on an agenda, but that's. What are they elected for? That's exactly the question (laughs) I have. And so, yeah, so he has to uh, kind of against all odds, you know, so the city manager refuses, and then he basically has to put it basically when you get to the meeting, yeah. he has to basically verbally try to add it to mm-hmm. the agenda. But that then requires
0: yeah. a second so vote. This this kind of move puts a really high bar because now he's got to get, I think, a majority vote just majority to get left. it on the agenda and be discussed. And then they would have to vote again. Right. So but the sad part is when when it came time for a second, it, it was silent. And we just we want to highlight this because you got to think about many of these same city councilmen, um, men and women, they did a unanimous vote in front of 200 people at least last time. And now they're silent. You know, it's like
1: when the job is actually at the point of doing the job, you know, when it's past the election, when they got the credit they needed in order to get reelected, yes. and now it's actually time to get it done they literally don't have the bravery to do it.
0: Well, someone that was there in the room, the, the people that were in touch with in Bristol, did tell me that it was quite an interesting scene because it, when it came time for the second and it was silent, people in the audience actually yelled out, come on, so-and-so, like the name of the oh. person that they wanted the second. Oh. <laughs> Still nothing. <laughs> I mean, it
1: should be awkward. Everyone who
0: who pretended that they
1: were willing to support this and then when the rubber met the road didn't, it should be very awkward. They should feel the pressure because those people, there hasn't been any ambiguity from the community about this. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even like a split room ever. There's a couple of people that testify against it and everybody
0: else is standing there saying, get it done. They packed the room out twice. They've got some 800 signatures. Um, what is happening Victoria? Why on earth do you have city councilmen living in an area that went 73% Yunkin, had the room packed out twice? Why would you not vote for this? Well, personally, I think there's a combination
1: of um, they don't you know, they don't have bravery to do something that, you know, that, that is but significant. Why not? Um, I I would say this. I'm amazed in these counties. I'm not this is not just Bristol, but cities and counties in Virginia. I'm amazed at how much authority these city attorneys and city managers have. And when they don't like something, they have a way of absolutely taking the air out of everything and just literally killing something. We've seen this, this isn't the only place we've seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, Prince William's another example where you have to get more than one council member to be on board with an idea to get it on the agenda in the first place. And so you it's almost like you can't have a discussion until you've already had a pre-discussion, which actually, kind of violates the public transparency part, but that's a side point.
0: To the first point with the city attorneys. So what we're saying is we have so much fear. Are we saying we have so much fear over a lawsuit that we're going to buck our own voters because we're afraid, they're afraid of a lawsuit. I, I'm not really sure. Well, we,
1: we even, our legal center, came beside them and said, look, yeah. we will help you. We actually offered pro bono help to them. We've been mm-hmm. giving them help all along. So even the legal argument is very frustrating, because they've been handed everything possible mm-hmm. to set themselves up as well as possible against a
0: lawsuit and mm-hmm. people that were willing to help defend it. And they still okay. won't move. And to your other point we've been seeing this red tape being used to basically block voters voices like they've said that they want something they've shown the support they've gotten the signatures they've done the public testimony and then you just have these these efforts to make it hard to even get on the agenda well you think about how much easier it is if you can just say well i didn't have
1: an opportunity to vote on it because it wasn't on an agenda instead of having to say i voted wrong
0: So that's what they're avoiding. How do people counter that kind of hiding?
1: We have to keep up the pressure and we have to also work on pressure around these rules. So it's weird to have fights around rules. But the idea that a city council member can't put something on an agenda or that you have to have multiple votes already locked down before Mm -hmm. you put something on an agenda. That's just not the way these were meant to be run. That's not what our founders had in mind. And so I just really believe we're going to have to have some procedural fights which are very boring and very hard to explain it's h- but it's hard
0: for people to stay
1: in those yes, procedural that's fights the concern. so
0: we need people to stay persistent and realize even though it may sound like you're in the weeds with procedure it is about constitutional life issues yes. and exposure like these mm-hmm. people need to be exposed yes. for what they've
1: done so there needs to be lots of commentary around these city councils which and we are working on yes where people just are revealed for who they are that they don't actually have the courage that they pretend to have
0: yes well The good news is Bristol does have some neighbors that are apparently more courageous as far as their leaders are concerned. So Washington County has passed a similar ordinance. And my understanding is there's three other counties around there as well that have at least made some kind of resolution or a statement on the record that they have a pro-life stance in their city or county. Um, So hopefully that peer pressure will eventually apply.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I think... All this to say, I think this means that we're going to have to give this week's inconceivable award to the Bristol City Council members, excluding the great, brave one, Michael Pollard, but to the ones who simply won't get the job done.
0: Yeah, that. I'm sorry, but that is a form of cowardice. Let's just put it out there like it is. And that is especially sad when it comes to something like protecting innocent human life. We got to be able to stick our, our, stick our necks out there a little bit, especially when you have a A lot of the community behind you. Absolutely. Well, I guess that wraps up our show for today. Thanks for hanging in there with us through all of these topics. And be sure to share our Speak Up Virginia playlist. And remember, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or those platforms, to give us that five-star review if you like what you're hearing, because that helps us reach more people. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Remember, we are stronger when we speak together.